putting the book together was really around how can I help leaders build that culture into their organization? Because I know that when any organization, whether it's a manufacturing organization or a service organization or a coaching practice, when you can have the employees fully engaged and and loving their job and feeling like they have ownership for the role, then you have a great chance of getting good results. And for me, that's the critical factor. How do we get hundreds of millions of people in manufacturing around the world, loving their job, feeling ownership, being able to make decisions, going home at the end of the day, feeling energized and really looking forward to coming to work the next day. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an amazing, exciting episode lined up for you today. My guest today is a dear friend of mine. He's someone I met at an extremely high-level mastermind program that I did in December 2015. He is a thought leader's thought leader. His expertise is in leadership and manufacturing, and he's the author of the brand new best-selling book, Make It Right. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the founder and CEO of Saxagon, Kevin Snook. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you, Nikki, and it's great to be in touch again. Kevin, it's a real honor to have you here. So, Kevin, one of the things that I admire and respect about you is that you're always growing, you're always learning, you're never one to rest on your laurels, and you really have developed serious expertise when it comes to leadership and when it comes to the manufacturing sector. Tell us your story. How'd you get to be Kevin Snook? Well, thank you for that. And actually, that continuous learning is a critical factor for me. I think, um, you know, whatever you do, wherever you are in life, whether you're, you know, like my kids are in their in their early teens, or you know, whether you're like I am, which is in the second half of your of your you know your first century, then um, it's fantastic to keep learning. And so, I, I would say a critical factor. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this later as we move on, but that continuous growth, continuous learning is is key for me. But a little bit about my backstory. You know, so I, I was educated in the UK. After university, I was picked up by Procter & Gamble. I worked for P&G for 17 years as a corporate employee. And uh, you know, so the entrepreneurial side was came later in life for me. Um, when I was, uh, you know, I'd been with P&G 17 years and then decided to start up my own consulting company. And so jumped out of P&G, started consulting, and then uh, a few years after that, started up a tech company. And so now we have both of the companies that build on on each other, um, you know, running around the world. And part of my story was back in 22 years ago, I decided to move from the UK to Asia. 
And so I've been in Asia now 22 years as Factory Asia has grown and, and you know, built my businesses on the back of the growth in Asia. Um, and now we're going global again. So having, uh, having done very well over here, uh, the key is how do we expand and keep the business moving, keep learning and keep growing around the world. Kevin, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you are someone who has taken a background in corporate. You've taken expertise, hard-won expertise, and you've turned it into world-class IP. And we say that's an important element of thought leadership. To be a seven or eight-figure-a-year thought leader, to be able to be someone who's valued for what they know, you've got to have that expertise. You've got to be somebody who's been there in the trenches, done the hard thinking, and delivered real value for clients. And you've done that. And not only that, you've written a best-selling book about it. So Kevin, talk about this book, Make It Right. Talk about the lessons that you're working to impart to your reader. Yeah, well, thank you for that. And it is a journey, but I would say that you don't have to be your miles ahead of other people to be able to help them. You, you only need to be a step ahead, but you do need to have gone through the journey yourself. So if there's one thing I would say about thought leadership or coaching or is don't worry if you're starting out, you know, it, it's, it's not a matter that you have to have had a 30 year career in order to, you know, to help other people through that. If you've been through a difficult situation in any phase in life and you are a step ahead of other people, then that's enough to help pull them in, in the direction and help them help coach them and guide them through those next parts. So don't worry on the fact that I might've had 30 years experience in manufacturing. It's more a matter of how you're going to help other people along the path that they want to go along and that you already have experience in. And part of writing you know, the book was actually, frankly, part of it was recognition for millions, hundreds of millions of people who work in manufacturing and don't get recognized every day. There's so many people that are working in the manufacturing field. They're getting up every day. They're going for a long commute. They're, they're doing a hard shift at work in, in difficult situations quite often, um, you know, difficult surroundings, and then they're going home at the end of the day exhausted and, and, and not feeling great about coming to work the following day. And I want to be able to turn that on its head. I want, I want people to be able to go home at the end of the day, having worked uh, in a difficult role, feeling ownership for that role, feeling like they've had a great day at work and looking forward to coming to work the next day. Putting the book together was really around how can I help leaders build that culture into their organization? Because I know that when any organization, whether it's a manufacturing organization or a service organization or a coaching practice, when you can have the employees fully engaged and, and loving their job and feeling like they have ownership for the role, then you have a great chance of getting good results. And for me, that's the critical factor. How do we get hundreds of millions of people in manufacturing around the world loving their job, feeling ownership, being able to make decisions, going home at the end of the day feeling energized and really looking forward to coming to work the next day. You know, Kevin, that gave me goosebumps listening to you say that. A big reason I do what I do and a big reason that this thought leader movement around the world is taking shape and taking flight is because I want to help people make their dent in the universe. And that's what you're doing. You want to help people make their dent in the universe. And not just at the leadership and CEO level, but down on the factory floor 
where, as you said, hundreds of millions of people are working. You want to give them a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning to what they do, that they're not just in a job, but that they're doing something important. You want their leaders to see that, and you want their leaders to give them to give them recognition, to give them props, to give them a feeling that they value them, they matter, and that what they're doing is changing the world. Man, that just gave me goosebumps, brother. It's so incredibly important. And you know, one of the things that I hear is, Kevin, you're a dreamer. You know, The guy who comes to work in the manufacturing facility just, just wants to get through his shift. And I, I know that feeling. I've been on the factory floor at three o'clock in the morning, just hoping the ship will end or just hoping I don't see that quality defect so that I don't have to fix it and I can, you know, I can just relax for a little while. But that's not what those people want. They don't want to be in a position where they're just trying to get through the shift. And they, it's the leadership culture. It's the whole set of decisions that people make that put people in that position. And I, I believe that, that you know humans are supercomputers. You know, we're talking at the moment about artificial intelligence and how do we increase artificial intelligence in manufacturing. And the reason that a lot of people wanna do that is to bypass the human intelligence. And that drives me insane. Why don't we turn on the human intelligence? The most able, capable machine device that that has ever been there in the universe is, is us as humans. And we're not using that potential, we're trying to bypass it. So how do we turn that on? How do we make sure that people are turned on when, they, when they're in work um, so that they can be excited about it and then they can take that back into their real lives, into the other part of their life and feel equally excited about going home and spending time with their families and, and looking forward to coming to work the next day. Wow. Brother, this has got to be a message that is timely. I think more and more leaders are starting to see the importance of what you're revealing today on this podcast. And I'm just gratified to see that that's what your book is all about. And I got to tell you, I think this message is going to get you a lot more followers and adherents, not just in manufacturing, but in all of business. Yeah, and it, it really does go across businesses because whether you're working on the manufacturing floor or whether you're working in, you know, in a restaurant or a cafe or a, or a, a supermarket, these people are, are, to me, they're honestly the heroes because without them, without those people working in those roles, there is no business. And it's the frontline employees that are making the decisions every second of the day that determine whether a business is going to be successful or not. It's not the leadership decisions that, that determine success. It's the guy who's running the factory floor, decides whether to stop the machine and clean it, decides whether to see that defect, pay attention to it, and get it fixed, decides whether to look at that operating process and choose to make an improvement to it so that it runs better for the future. It, it's those people that are making the decisions every second of the day. And we need to be there as leaders, helping and supporting them to make great decisions, helping them to feel recognized for the hard work that they're putting in. Now, hard work, 
being a manager, being a leader, sitting in meetings is not hard work. Hard work is working on a manufacturing floor, working on a supermarket floor, working at the front of a restaurant. That's, that's to me, that's real hard work. That's where people ought to be seen as, as the heroes and the leaders that they, that they truly are in their roles. Goosebumps, man. Again, awesome. Love it. Super fantastic. Let's shift gears a little bit into the perspective of the business end of thought leadership. A big part of why people listen to the show, Kevin, is they're looking to learn from you as our expert guest. What have you done that they can hack, they can learn from, and they can bring into their own practice, into their own business? It sounds that one thing you've done is you've taken the life and business experience that you've had and you've turned it into world-class IP right? Talk a little bit about the process of doing the work in the field and doing the thinking that brought this intellectual property into this fully formed, fabulous, valuable piece of information and body of work that helps the people that you seek to help. Wow, that's a great question. It's an ongoing process. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's an ongoing process. And I think having a, a very clear passion for what you do is critical. And in a way, the word passion has been overused. I don't think we just can, we can, you know, lay down and think about what is our passion. That that also is a journey. That's something that you find as you move along. And somebody said to me one time about entrepreneurship is that unless you're walking down the corridor, you don't have the opportunity to look in the doors or the windows on the way down. And so you've got to start walking down the corridor in order to be able to see what's out there. And so I would say in in any journey, you've got to take the first step, but you want to know basically where you're heading. What are you trying to achieve? And I, I call this, you know, the five-step process that I, I explain in the book is the ALIGN process, A-L-I-G-N. And the first part of that is aim from the heart. And people will say, well, you know, in manufacturing, isn't aim from the heart a bit woolly, you know, a bit soft? And, uh, and I don't believe it is. I think it's absolutely essential. If you don't have a passion that's coming from your heart, um, then it's really difficult for you to be inspired yourself and then for you to be able to inspire other people. So that, that critical, where am I trying to go? Where am I trying to take the world? Where am I trying to take one other person? To me, that's that aim or the direction. And so I've spent my time working on clearly where am I trying to go as a human and then how does how does this journey, you know, how does this part of the journey fit in with my overall journey as a human? And then as I, as I've gone through that, there's been different steps that have, that have helped me. And one of them was writing the book and uh, people say, well, what do you get out of writing a book? I get a lot more out of it than maybe a reader does because as I went through 30 years of experience and put that down in a book, it crystallized the learnings that I had and then it helped me get them into a very clear process where I can most effectively help other people on the journey that I want to help them on. And that's really just, you know, so writing the book was was critical for me, continuous learning having mentors, learning from what's going on, a, a real quest for knowledge and, and for understanding. They're, they're all critical factors for me. Listening to podcasts, for example, you know, I, I rarely have, uh, I, I usually, at some point, I'm connected to listening and learning. And you know, your podcast, other people's podcasts, 
audio books are fantastic for me. And so that idea around how can I how can I assimilate the best of what's going on around and then bring that into you know one of the steps on, on my journey. You know what? You talked about the importance of mentors and peers. I've got this this hashtag that I've been just evangelizing since the beginning of the year. It's hashtag don't do 2018 alone. Inside our program, E-Circle Academy, which is a program for thought leaders and thought leadership, we say don't do 2018 alone. What we found, Kevin, this is the amazing part, is we've had people in our program Right now, 65%, these are the metrics of the people in our program, are going to make anywhere from low six figures to mid seven figures this year, okay? 65%. And then actually 55% of them are going to make anywhere from a quarter million to about two and a half, three million dollars this year just from being a member of our community. And I've spoken to all of our success stories, and they all say to a man and to a woman that if they were doing this by themselves, it wouldn't be possible. If they didn't have us mentoring them, if they weren't part of this mastermind that got created, it wouldn't be possible. And you just talked about that. Can we unpack that a bit more? Can we delve into that a little bit more, why that's been so important to your success and why someone listening to this podcast needs to pay attention to this? Yeah, sure. This was another learning for me that I got as I walked along the process. So when I was in Procter & Gamble, we had some great, you know, great leaders. It's a fan. I I sometimes call it a 17 year apprenticeship because you're surrounded by people that are, that really know their part of the business. And uh, it was very easy to, you know, to pick up the phone and and speak to somebody or have your line manager or or someone who was knowledgeable to talk to. When you move out of corporate life and you're, you know, starting up your own business, it's a different situation. You don't have someone to go to easily to go and ask, you know, what do I do next? And having coaches and mentors is the way to move forward. You need to see, as I mentioned right at the beginning, it's a matter of as you walk along the path, you want to have someone who's walked along that path before and can help, you know, tell you where the potholes are and find the people that are relevant to you. I, w- I would say you don't have to find a mentor that is, um, you know, world famous or world renowned. You need to have someone that's relevant to you at that particular time. And so in, in each factor of my life, not only in the business side, but in personal development, in family, I have people that I've looked up to and asked for advice at relevant times, you know, to help pull me along. I, I, I think the don't do 2018 alone uh, is a fantastic tagline. And, and it, it's, you know, I hope that you're going to roll that on to 2019. Because you bet, buddy. <laughs> people every, every year in every, uh, you know, in every phase of life need help and support. And um, that, that, you know, I, I mentioned before, I think there's two roles of leaders two critical roles of leaders. And uh, one of them is to set a very clear direction for the organization. The next one is to help and support the people when they hit the barriers. And that's what coaching and mentoring is all about. Well said, really, really well said. So Kevin, the other thing that makes sense to be a powerful thought leader is clarity. You need to have clear IP, which you clearly do, but you need to have a clear message. 
And you clearly have a clear message. And the message needs to be one that's relevant to a narrow niche target market. It needs to make sense to some people who have a pain, a pain that you can help them solve. Clearly, you've done this as well because you've worked with manufacturing in Asia. That's a, a it's a big niche, but it is nevertheless a niche and a niche that really needed what you had to offer. Talk about the importance of clarity, how this has helped you in growing your practice, how this has helped you make a bigger difference for your clients. Okay, so my, my niche is manufacturing leaders. And I talk a lot about the frontline employees because they're the people that I, I truly want to be able to help and support. But in order to do that, I know that I need to set a culture within manufacturing companies to have that impact. You know, I can't just go out and um, work with a million frontline employees and, and help them change their own lives. There's other people helping those as individuals to do that. What I want to do is I want to change that corporate culture. So I have to be working with the people that are that are leading the companies. You know, let me give you a real example of, of where you have to further niche that. For a long time, I was talking to factory managers and asking factory managers to change their their, their culture and working with them to try to do that. And, and I realized that even that wasn't the right target because the factory managers didn't necessarily have a budget. They didn't necessarily have the, they, they wanted to do it, but they didn't necessarily have all the resources they that they needed to be spenders. able to. They were spenders. They weren't budget makers. Exactly. And so then the next step, and I worked for a couple of years on, on that, and then I realized that, you know, that there's another group of people that I need to be talking with, and that's the, the business owners. That's the real, you know, the, the checkbook holders. And when we started talking to the business owners, we realized that they were then encouraging their factory managers because they could see how much benefit this would have for the, for the bottom line of the business. And so that was you know, an example where you, you might think that you have the niche, you might think you have the right target market, but unless you start moving on that path, you, you're not necessarily going to make the connection. And when you look back on it, it seems like such an obvious connection, right? Go talk to the guy with the checkbook. You know, I'd, I'd been working with factory managers for a long time within my corporate role, and that was the way we got things done. And, and I realized that in Procter & Gamble, there was a huge amount of ownership to be able to make change within your own domain, however big that was. When I moved out of Procter & Gamble, I started talking to other, you know, other businesses. I realized that, that was different. But again, you don't know these things unless you're walking along the path. No, that's really, really powerfully said. Now, Kevin, one of the other elements of being a powerful seven, eight-figure-a-year thought leader is for you to be able to leverage your expertise and deliver it in multiple ways. So many people who are in the thought leadership game, they, for example, will only do one-on-one -on -one coaching or they'll only do big events, they'll only do workshops. But the thought leaders that we've talked to, that we've worked with, that we've helped take their business, their practice to the next level. They've been the ones who understand the power of leverage. They deliver what they, what they have in terms of expertise in multiple ways across multiple platforms. How has leverage worked for you? How have you used leverage? Because your book is a form of leverage. Yeah, absolutely. And so more and more I'm realizing around the, the, the power of awareness um, for a long time, I, I, I worked my business on referrals. 
And it was fantastic, right? Because people knew me, you know, a, a small group of people knew me, they loved what we were doing, and they would refer clients to me. And, uh, and so that kept us going for, you know, five or six years. And, and then I realized that as I wanted to significantly grow the business and, you know, reach a much wider territory, then simply referrals itself wasn't going to do it. I needed to make sure that there was a lot more awareness of what we were doing. And the book has been helpful for that, doing more outreach on LinkedIn. For me, choosing the right platform for your awareness is critical, making sure you're really talking to the individuals that you need to be talking to. They're the right steps. And you know, one example of where we, we had to pivot a little bit as I was working with manufacturing companies and trying to get the right information to the frontline employees so that they could make smart decisions. We realized that there weren't the right information systems in place in many factories. And so the, the reason that we started up the tech company was so that we could help companies do that. And we pull data directly from manufacturing production lines, and then we send it through the cloud. We do the analytics. We send it back to people's mobile devices in a way that they can use it easily to make great decisions. You know, that came as a, as a stuff, if you like, to the consulting business because people needed to overcome that barrier. And so we've, we've created another another platform, if you like, that gives us a sales tool. It gives us a way of coming into new companies as well as with the, with the consulting program. So two, two approaches now. Here we have some help for you to be smart factory to move towards industry 4.0 to get your teams well connected with the, with the production results to make the business transparent to the leadership teams. But from the other side, as, and here we'll help you change your culture in the organization in order to do that. So yes, multiple pronged approach I think is important, but don't allow that to become an extraction. Make sure that you're, you've chosen one platform, one way of reaching the critical decision makers that you need to be talking to. Very powerfully said. So Kevin, we like to end off every episode by asking you, our expert guest, for your top three expert action steps to help our listener take their business and their life to the next level. What are yours? Well, these might sound really simple to you, Nikki, but uh, and I think most things that are important in life are pretty simple. The first one is keep learning. So whether it's from podcasts, eBooks, books, you know, however you can get your learning, make sure it's the right materials that are going to help take you along your journey, but keep learning. And uh, that insatiable habit of, of listening and learning from other people, I think is fantastic. So that would be number one. Number two for me, take care of your family. When things go badly in another part of your life, which they are bound to do at some point, then you'll realize it's the small things that are, are really critical. And so it's the hugs with your children. You know, it's making sure that your spouse knows that you love them, building that close, transparent connection with the people around you, I think is critical. We all need to have that as a foundation. Number three for me is around personal fitness, and that's mental and physical fitness. We, we have to be in great shape. I can't take care of anybody else 
unless I'm taking care of myself first, unless I'm fully fit and functioning. And so if I want to impact the lives of, uh, you know, 100 million manufacturing employees, I better be alive to do that. And I better be fit and well to be able to, you know, inspire them along their journey as well. So I would say, you know, number one, learning, keep learning. Number two, make sure you take care of your family. Family is everything. It's the foundation for life. And then fitness, your own personal health and fitness have to be in top condition for you to be able to serve the people that you want to be able to serve. That is bang on brilliant. And listener, run. Don't walk to the bookstore or to your computer, get onto Amazon or whatever platform you buy books on and make sure you buy 10 copies of Kevin's book, Make It Right, one for yourself and nine to give away to your friends, to your family, to your clients, to the people you care about the most so that you can help them learn from Kevin's heart-based fire and passion on how they can truly value the people that they work with. They can make their business, their community a better place, and they can grow that business. They can save millions and create sustainable growth. Make sure that you get copies of Make It Right. And if you're wondering could I be the Kevin Snook of my market niche? Do I have the kind of expertise that could be valuable to people in the marketplace? Or maybe you already have some expertise and you're looking for ways to make it more impactful, to make it more commercially viable. Jump on a call with myself or a member of my team. Go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment. This call is absolutely free. It's a gift. It's our way of giving to you the opportunity to figure out what your IP is worth in the commercial marketplace and how you can figure out how to hack making an extra million dollars while working 10 hours a week less. Make sure that you do that. Make sure that you pick up copies of Kevin's book. Kevin, Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a complete and total pleasure having you here. Thank you, Nikki. It's been fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's time that the frontline employees really got uh, got well recognized and, and got helped. So, you know, if anybody who is listening to this, please take those people seriously. Please help them along in their journey. And I wish you all the very best in your journeys too. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, Kevin Snook, to pick up copies of his book, go to the show notes, go to Amazon, go to any online retailer or live bookstore. Those are still around. Those are still fabulous. And pick up 10 copies of his book. And if you want to find out what your thought leadership is worth, what your IP is worth in the marketplace, make sure you go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and book a call with myself or a member of my team. Until next time, goodbye.